0: What do you define as the value of your time is super critical in how you make decisions about what you say yes to, what you say no to, what you decide to further expand your knowledge on, okay, regarding time, okay? So when I'm asking this question, let me put more specifics to it, okay? From an hourly perspective, how much are you, what is your value per hour? when we're looking at this from the perspective of time. So I want you to just take a moment. Be as honest as you can. This is uh, this is the contract, you know, this, this is an association. This is a group of people, of contractors. We got like, I think almost 10,000 now. Okay, like-minded contractors. So don't be shy. The more that you give, the more that you share, the more that you're gonna get back, okay? So type in, what is the value of your time from an hourly perspective? Until right now, this very moment, contractors have always been on their own, not as tradespeople, but being alone and knowing how to take their business to the next level. They call us working class, they call us blue collar. They say that we don't have the smarts to become the business owner that we're meant to be. That is such bullshit. You have the ability. You're more than any of that. The question, really, is where do you get the insights that you need specific to contracting to systemize your business so you can get your profits to pay for your freedom? I'm Andrew Houston. I'm going to show you how to make more profits, how to get more control, how to get more freedom in the simplest, quickest way possible without any of that bullshit. Kind of Welcome to the No Bullshit Podcast for contractors. Listen up, level up, and if you learn something, like the video, subscribe to the channel, change your business, change your life. Right, Rockstars. It looks like we're going live here. I've got, uh, I've got a couple of pages up. One to see if I can see myself going live. That way, if you guys got any comments as we're going, hopefully I can see myself going live. Anyways, there might be a delay. Regardless, welcome, okay, uh, to today's live. Um, we're going to be doing this is sort of going to be a little bit of the no bullshit podcast, but scaled down version. We're going to do like maybe 30 minutes, and just to bring you up to speed, what are we going to be talking about today? We're going to be kicking some serious ass, taking back, okay, taking back 5 to 10 hours per week uh, so that you guys can really get time back to focus in on the higher value items. So let's get started. I'm going to keep on looking over to my right every once in a while just to see if I can see myself streaming live. Uh, As it stands, I can't, but that's okay. Maybe it's, uh, maybe it is a significant delay. Anyways, welcome. So here's what I want to ask you guys. So when it comes to time, uh, I think one of the biggest things that I want to start out with is our mindset. Okay. So our mindset is huge. How we look at time, how we look at, um, time from the perspective of our time, other other people's time, is going to be super critical in what we do with today's discussion, okay? So I want to get your your brains in the right mindset. Now, in between these two ears right here, okay? I don't know how big of a gap you got. Mine's, you know, I say uh, a little bit above average, my wife would say. Uh, Every time I go to put on her hat, I got to put an extra few notches. She's like, man, you got a big head, Andrew. I'm like, man, that, that, that's just because there's a lot more in between these years. So mindset. Let's talk about mindset. So one of the best ways to get ourselves to recognize where we're at, you know, in how we think about our time is by asking. And this is a great strategy for, you know, how you can become a great leader. Great leaders ask great questions. Okay. Hopefully this is a great question. Okay. What is the value of your time? What am I talking about Andrew what are you, what are you talking about? What do you define as the value of your time is super critical in how you make decisions about what you say yes to, what you say no to, what you decide to you know further expand your knowledge on okay regarding time okay? So when I'm asking this question, let me put more specifics to to it okay from an hourly perspective, how much are you, what is your value per hour? When we're looking at this from the perspective of time. So I want you to just take a moment. Be as honest as you can. This is uh, this is the contract, you know, this, this is an association. This is a group of people, of contractors. We got like, I think almost 10,000 now. Okay, like-minded contractors. So don't be shy. The more that you give, the more that you share, the more that you're going to get back. Okay. So type in, what is the value of your time from an hourly perspective? And I'm going to share you, I'm going to share to you guys what I see is the value of my time from an hourly perspective. Okay. But let's, let's talk about you first. Okay. So mindset. Be brutally honest with yourself. And if you don't know, you can just put, you know, you can just simply put a question mark. Like if you're not sure, That's okay. Not sure is still an answer, just to let you know, okay? And if you're not answering, then I also know that that's another answer from the uh, perspective of a lack of participation. The way you're going to get the most out of this today, the way that others are going to get the most out of this today, is going to be by participating, okay? The more that you participate, like I said, the more that you write things down, the more that you take notes on this, the more that you ask questions on this, the more that you're going to get out of it and the more everybody else around you is going to get out of it as well. So I'm really hoping that this is going live right now. That's all I can do is hope. I'm looking at the streaming part here on Facebook. Again, we're using some technology called eCam Live, and it typically works really, really well. So I hope that you guys are getting this um, and that we are actually going live. So the value of your time. If you take a look at the value of your time, I have a certain feeling that most of you are undervaluing your time. As a minimum, as a minimum. So I'm going to put this minimum. I don't know how good this red is going to show up here. Minimum, I'm looking at your time being worth at least $1,000 per hour. Now, how the heck did I come up with that? Let me give it maybe a bit of a different color, a little bit of white to that. $1,000 an hour. You're like, what are you talking about, Andrew? I only charge like $90 an hour. I only charge $75 an hour. I only charge $150 an hour, whatever it is that you charge. You see, the question was, how much do you value? What is the value of your time from an hourly perspective? And when I asked that question, I was talking to the future champion CEO. I was talking to the CEO of a contracting business, a CEO of a contracting business. Your time is easily worth a thousand dollars an hour. Think about this for a second. If you spent an hour on a quote, think about how much work that you could get out of doing quoting for an hour. I mean, could you quote a five thousand, six thousand, eight thousand dollar job? You win it, right? You're putting 20, 30 points on this thing. In that period of time, You're easily, and you should be. If you're not, then you need to raise your prices. You need to do some other things and you need to get some help. And if you want to get some future help, you know, you can type in help into the, into the chat on any of these topics that they cover off. You're easily worth a thousand dollars an hour. Now, why is that so critical? Well, one of the key things that we want to talk about today, there's, there, let's just highlight some of these things. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to do a little bit of erasing here. So the first thing is we got to think about this $1,000 there, okay? With that being said, here's the key things that we're going to touch on today. I'm going to put little boxes here so we can check them off. One is um, using the task matrix, okay? And the purpose of that, I'm just going with what we talked about, is is to figure out what you should delegate and what you should keep on your plate, okay? That is worthy of your time. Next one that we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about um, how to set expectations. So setting expectations with your clients. Okay? Why? Because your clients take up a shitload of your time so we got to make sure that you're being efficient with your time. Remember what, what are we trying to do here? We are trying to get net-net five to ten hours back a week. Okay? So next thing that we're going to Cover off is how to manage your calendar. And again, we're, we're not going to go crazy deep on any of this so that you're overloaded. All we're going to do is we're going to touch on some key points on some principles. This is, we're not going to go as in depth as we, I would with, say, our champion CEO group, uh, because they've got training, they got tools, they got templates, they got things that they can, and resources that they can go to. Um, so it's a lot, it's less overwhelming for them from the perspective of they can go at their own pace. But for you, you're getting this live. So I just want to make sure that I don't overload you, right? So we got, uh, you, you, how to delegate basically using this thing called, I call the task matrix. We're going to talk about setting up expectations with clients because clients take up a lot of our time. We're going to talk about how to manage your calendar, which is super critical because if we're not in control of our calendar. Well, then somebody else is in control of our calendar and that might not be a good situation for us. Okay. Uh, next is we want to look at, look at, um, how to outsource, um, how to outsource. And when we talk about outsource, how to get some of the things done that you got to get done, but not by you getting it done, by getting other people to do it, okay? And outsource being like outside, either it could be your inside your business, but typically outsource being like virtual assistants um, or other people. And I'll get to that in a second. So let's get into this. So if we can nail these down, if we can even get one strategy per each of these, okay? I can tell you right now, you're going to easily get back five to 10 hours a week. Easy peasy. Okay. Just in the delegating part, it's going to be huge. Just in the outsourcing part. Anyways, all these parts is going to be huge. So with that being said, we've looked at our hours. Okay. We looked at our value of our time. And I've said that you're worth $1,000 now. Okay. I want to keep on proving that as we go through this. Um, and with that being said, I think there's no better place to start than right at the top regarding this task matrix. Okay. So, when I'm looking at this task matrix, here's what I want you guys to understand. See if I can do this over here. So, all my little drawings, I'm going to do right over here. All right? So, let's see if I can get this right. See if I can get the right spacing. There we go. So, picture this task matrix, everybody. Listen in. I am going to make it a little bit smaller. Let's go down here. There we go. Picture this task matrix like a grid. Okay. A nine box grid. Now, this is one of the most powerful tools that uh, we use with our clients. Okay. Um, And the reason being is that it gets this shit out of your head to identify what are the things that you're doing right now. Okay. Um, And categorizing them in such a way that there's a a dual axis approach to how we look at those tasks. Let me elaborate. On the vertical side over here, we have. If we look at this like an arrow going up, okay, this is the value of your time. And we already talked about that today. We talked about that you're worth at least a thousand dollars an hour, and you hopefully you're thinking even greater than that. I look at my myself actually is minimum between ten and twenty thousand dollars an hour. And you're like, are you out of your mind, Andrew? Guys, that's that's like cheap. I know it might be like, Andrew, there's no way I'd pay you ten to $20,000 an hour. Well, you know what the funny thing is? If I was to say, you pay me $10,000, I'll give you $100,000 back. Would you do that? You'd go, well, yeah. Well, when we can work on things that are going to impact your business in such a way that you're going to make an extra $10,000, $20,000, $30,000, dollars dollars double your freaking profits, equating to you know $20,000, $30,000, hundreds of thousands of dollars repetitive year on year in, you start looking at the value of your time and where you spend your money a little differently. I hope. Okay. So back to this task matrix. Let's get really focused in on this. All right. Value is the, is the uh, vertical axis and stick with me. And along the bottom over here. Okay. Is skill set. Actually, I'll put that at the top. Okay. Skill set. Now this matrix. So this goes this way. This goes this way and this goes this way. Now, what is this matrix all about? Our job is to take the things that we do that, that, you know, either you already have a current list of all the things that you do or you're going to pull the stuff out of your head and you're going to, everything that you do is going to fit into one of these boxes. So let me explain these boxes and stick with me from the perspective that once you get to understand this, you're going to be amazed that it's going to allow you to be able to say to yourself, let me move my little circle up. There we go. A little bit better. It's going to allow you to be able to, well, that's pretty cool. I was able to figure out how to shrink that. How to know where to start delegating, what to delegate, what's the lowest risks. Okay. And how you can quickly start freeing up your time. All right. So if we look at these in, in, in boxes, okay, I'm going to number these boxes. So here we go. Numbers one, two, three, Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Hence why we call it a nine box. Okay. Now picture this. Over here, if we look at this as far as value. We are looking at this from the perspective of low value, medium value, high value. When we're looking at this from a skill set perspective, we're looking at low skill, medium skill, high skill. Okay. Now this is a simple matrix. So let's start populating this thing. So the very first place that I want you guys to think about, okay, let's just think about this for a second, is box number what? Not box number nine, not box number six or box number three, box number one. Number one is where we start. And you're going to understand why in just a second. So this is low skill and this is low value. So if we're going to put something in here that is low skill, low value, what would that, something like that be? That would be something like cleaning the trucks or cleaning the toilet. Okay. I don't have much space in here. That could be, um, a low skill, low value thing. Um, could be, uh, sweeping the floors, sweeping. It could be going to uh staples or someplace to pick up paper. Okay, so let's just put staples. So think about the things that you do. Do you clean up after the guy's in the shop when they leave a mess behind? Hmm. That's a, that's a low-skill, low-value thing. Do you put the garbage out? Low-skill, low-value thing. It's not that it doesn't need to get done, but it's a low-skill to get it done, to have somebody do it. And the amount of money that it gives back to you, especially if you to put a dollar figure to it, you could get somebody for minimum wage to go and do that task, right? So from putting out the garbage, clean the shit out of the trucks. You follow me? Right? Everybody? Okay. Vacuuming the carpets. Right. I talked about cleaning the toilets, going to the store to go and pick up paper and ink and whatever else. Guys, those are all low value things. And don't discount your value. You might be saying, come on, Andrew, what's the big deal? Right? Cutting the grass around your shop. Okay. Um oiling the hinges on the doors. I know it sounds like minor things. Sweeping, cleaning, washing, anything, doing the windows. Get that shit off of your plate. That's the very first place that you want to start. Now let me tell you why in Nicole's own version. Low skill low value means what? It means that if it goes the shit when you delegate it. If it goes the shit that uh they don't clean the toilet Properly. Well, yeah, you're gonna have a dirty toilet. It might stink a bit, but guess what? It's not the end of the, it's not the end of the, of the world, is it? Right? So, in training somebody to do it, it's a low skill. So, you wanna get these things off of your plate. I'm gonna call this, I'm looking at this, this box here. This definitely falls in the red zone. The red zone of what? Poverty. The red zone of not doing things that are worthy of your time, worthy of your value, okay? So, I want you guys to type in, how many of you guys, again, this is being, you know, this is being um, engaged on this. I want you to type in, what are some of the tasks that you are going to get rid of right now that falls into that box? Now, let's finish off uh, why the next one, next area is number two and number three, okay? Let me tell you why. Anything that is low skill has got to go. Even if it's low skill, 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 skill medium value even this low skill high value like give me, let me give you an example of low skill high value going to a client's place and picking up a check that's high value right i mean you you go out there you pick up the check it's money it's high value it's you getting paid right like and that's one of the most important things to get done is getting paid right it could be going out and getting a um, a takeoff right going driving out Getting to take off, it's high value, could be a really large job, could be a class A client, somebody's got to drive out, pick up the blueprints, bring them back to the shop, right? That's high value, but what's the skill set level? It's super low. Anything that falls into this category right here, anything right here, anything that is, follow me closely, low skill, low value, low skill, medium value, low skill, high value, has got to come off of your plate ASAP. And because it is low skill, it is one of the easiest things to delegate. To delegate cleaning the toilet, you can delegate that in no time at all. Delegate sweeping the floors, delegate cleaning the windows, delegate going to staples, delegate picking up those checks. Guys, you can get this stuff stuff off of your plate big time, okay? So that is the task matrix. Now let me just jump ahead so that you, I'm not going to go through all nine boxes, but let's just jump ahead to, uh, see if I can get a darker green in here. No, that's not working. Green's not going to work because I'm using a green screen. How about uh, how about I just go with black, okay? So if I look at over, anything over here, number nine is what? Number nine is high skill, high value. What would be something of high skill, high value? Looking at your profit and loss statement. Looking at your financials. I mean, at, at Profit for Contractors, we're working on killer dashboards for our clients that we're about to launch. It's super, super exciting. My team's probably going to kill me that I mentioned that. But we're, we're bringing things to the table so, so that you guys can truly become champion CEOs. To, because in order to drive a vehicle, right, in order to drive a high-performance vehicle or a high-performance business, you've got to have a dashboard, right? And these guys are dri- driving Formula One. I don't know if you've been watching on Netflix or the recent Formula One that's been going on. I mean, there is... Look at look at what's behind them, right? Like in, in the cockpit, um you know, back at, you know, headquarters here, they've got so many dials, they got so many sensors going on. Why? So that they can inform the driver ahead of time, proactively, if some of the things that he needs to be aware of so that he can increase his chances of winning the race because he's driving so fast, right? Okay. So this is where we want to be is right here. Okay. I'll give you maybe one or two more. So one of them, right, is looking at your financials. Another one would be spending some time with class A++ clients the people that pay you, the people that respect you, the people that give you you know jobs that you know you make a ton of profit on, that they're willing to pay you what you're worth. Those would be spending time. And yes, it is a higher skill because it takes that skill set, okay, of communication, of engagement, of some of the historical information, of some of the jobs that you guys have worked on, and what's worked well, what hasn't worked well, right? Um, so they, these are some of the things that you definitely want to work on. You look at number nine when it comes to marketing and sales. There again, looking at all the data, having the data as to how much does it cost you for a lead? What's your conversion rate? What's your, you know, what's your lifetime value of the clients that you've got, right? Having this data so that you can put money into a slot machine, but yet this slot machine always gives you back more than what you put in, um, would be uh, something that is high skill, high value to run your business from a marketing and sales perspective. Okay. That is the, that is the, uh, task matrix. You should at least, remember I said getting five to ten hours back a week? Tell me right now, if you were to look at everything that is low skill for you, low skill, low value, low skill, medium value, low skill, high value, how many things could you get off your plate? One hour, two hours, five, ten, fifteen, twenty hours? I'm gonna give you something else that is, Below even low skill, low value. Ready? And we're going to talk about it right now. Okay. Which is, did I put this on here? Um, let me just see here. How to set expectations with clients. Yeah. We're, we're going to feather this into here because let me tell you what. Any, something worse than low skill, low value is dealing with class D deadbeat clients. Right? that in all honesty, nobody should be using any of their skills towards. That doesn't give us any value, actually gives us less value. Actually, those guys take money from us, don't pay us. So guys, honestly, figure out at least one to two items. I would love for you to type into the comment section, what are one to two items that you are going to delegate using this task matrix, okay? And you know what the beauty thing is about the task matrix? It doesn't just get used on, on you, it gets used on your whole team. Is there things that your team is doing that is low skill, low value, or in some form or fashion, low skill that they could delegate to an apprentice, to a helper, to, you know, or, or just stop doing it altogether, right? So let's, let's focus in on, we checked off this baby here. Check marks the, the, the spot. Setting expectations with clients. Okay, so let's talk about that for a second. One of the key things when we're looking at setting expectations with clients, is it is your duty, okay? One of the best ways to do that, there's lots of ways to do it, so this is the one that we're talking about right now, is this right here. What's the circle look like? Yeah. This is the contract. This is a contract. If you do not have contracts in your business right now, if you don't have a whole bunch of different contracts in your business right now, specifically for clients, expectations on then being on site, expectations on change orders, expectations on, you know, the amount of time that they take up, you know, of you. How many meetings do they get every single week? And you might be like, hey, Andrew, this is so much work. It's a waste of time. No, no. Right now they're eating up your time. Right now they're doing change orders and you've got no way to hold them accountable and legally hold them accountable to say, no, no, you've got to pay me for everything that my guys do. Guys. If you don't set the right expectations with clients, think about you as a client. Think about the last time you had some service work done. Like, think about this for a second. If the, if this, if the person supplying the product and service to you never told you, you're gonna more than likely keep asking for what you want. And the reality is sometimes what we want as humans, what we're asking for is unrealistic, is not reasonable, and it's not our responsibility as the client to tell the, you know, to tell the contractor, uh, what the rules of the game are. I mean, how would they know? And yet we as contractors get so pissed off because we're like, damn clients, there's no good clients out there that take advantage of us. Well, guys, if you're not setting up the right rules of the game, the, the playing field of, of what defines a successful client, letting them know what a successful client is that allows the project to go smoother, allows the project to be, you know, um, on schedule versus all these interruptions versus all this chaos versus all these change orders or, or just like, you know, one person making a change over here, the next person making a change over here. Like if we don't have a process and I will say this over and over again, if you don't have a process, you're going to pl- play by everybody else's process. You're going to play by everybody else's rules. And the, the, the chances of you winning by playing by everybody else's rules is slim to none because they can make the rules so that you don't win. And it might not be intentional, okay? So make sure that you have contracts, okay? We have an amazing uh, uh, contractor lawyer that we work with that our clients get access to um, and I'm going to tell you right now it, it's important that you don't just have some certain you know a chicken scratch contract that you get it legalized okay otherwise it's not worth anything it actually makes you probably look worse if it's not looking professional if it's not legit and if you can't actually be used right um, so make sure you have contracts in place make sure you set the right expectations with clients if you're looking at starting this off and you don't have a contract right now, then the, the very first couple of starting points for you, again, we've got a whole process for this. If you want to get more information on on the previous one on the task matrix, just type in more info task matrix. If you want to get more information on, you know, setting expectations with clients or contracts, type in, you know, more info on contracts and and we can get you some more information in on it. because um, there's just there's a lot to cover in each of these areas, okay? Okay, next that we want to look at, trying to keep tight to time here, is so setting the right expectations starts with you. So your next couple of steps on this is just start writing down the rules of the game, right? So a couple of areas is change orders. For sure, that's going to be on there. Another one is, um, you know, the frequency in which you meet with them. Another is, you know, how things get signed off. Not just a change order, but actual sign-off authority. So especially if you've got a husband-wife um situation or you've got a couple of partners like more than one decision more than one decision making uh body you've definitely got to get a signing authority process put into play because otherwise it's just going to be everybody's freaking opinion everybody's idea of one day it's this next day it's that you got to have something systemized you got to have something tangible and written down okay next how to manage your calendar okay let's get into that one so your calendar i've talked on, on, on this briefly in the past But think about this, your cash flow, when it comes to this one, well, we're gonna check it off until I'm done. So read this guy right here. Your cash flow and profits, write this down, everybody, follow your what? Your calendar, okay? If you allow a whole bunch of shit to go in your calendar that is worth less than minimum wage, or even minimum wage, everything in red here, Okay, if that's what your calendar looks like, it's filled with things that are below your $1,000 an hour, then guess what? You're going to get red all day long. You're going to get uh, week on week on week on week on week where you're not making what you're worth, what your team is worth, what your company is worth. and 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 then guess what? You're going to end up getting exactly what you allowed in your calendar. You've got to protect your calendar and you've got to identify. So the first thing that you want to do, okay, Like, Andrew, where do I start with this? The first thing you want to do is you want to start writing a list back to leveraging that task matrix. What are all the things that you are doing that are below the $1,000 an hour? Okay? Write those things in there. Okay? Identify how much time, roughly, are you spending every single week on them. Okay? And start with just like the task matrix did, right? It's the same principle. Start off with the things that are the lowest value, lowest skill, And get those, not just off your plate, but now here's the difference with the calendar. You need to replace it. So it's just as critical that you identify the $1,000 an hour items. It could be $500 an hour items, $250 an hour items. Imagine if your whole calendar, imagine if this dollar sign in black was minimum between, you know, 250 to a $1,000, you know, in value. Every single hour, what would your freaking what would your 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 profit and loss statement look like? It probably look a, it it would only have it would have to look much better than what it's looking right now. Your job as a champion CEO, moving towards becoming a champion CEO, not just a CEO but a fucking champion, is to constantly up your value of where you spend your time. And eventually, what happens? Like where I'm at with my current business, and I did it with the other business, uh, the other businesses, was you want to get yourself so that now now I'm beyond time. Now I'm literally getting my profits to pay for my freedom. I'm not working 40 hours a week, guys. I'm being straight up with you. This is pretty personal stuff. But I'm being. I'm, hopefully this is helping. At one point, I was putting in 50, 60, 70, 80 hours, right? In the beginning, to get things going, to get things nailed. But eventually, I started chopping down those hours now I'm at about three days a week, okay? If that, I don't even have to do that, but I'm doing all the things that I not only love to do, but are super, super critical, high-value things, like leading my team, okay? And putting other leaders in positions of leadership uh, beyond just me. And look, at you've got to start someplace, okay? And don't worry about what other people are doing in sense of... You get other people posting in this group, which is awesome, where they've got big wins, they're making massive progress, massive headway. That's awesome. Don't get jealous about it. Just look at it and realize that, that if it's if it's possible for them, there's a very high chance it's possible for you. But only if you start doing the things that they're doing. Okay. If you want to be that contractor that drives around in the Mercedes, that's able to have, be off, to be looked upon as the authority in the marketplace, you've got to do the things that lead you to getting that. And it starts with um, one of the major areas it starts with is what you allow in your calendar and what you don't allow in your calendar. So, one of the biggest places to start is what you got to stop doing, okay, versus us getting to what you got to keep, you know, what you got to start doing. But let's focus in on what you got to stop doing and then replace it with what you got to keep doing more of. And then we look at what it is it that you got to start doing. So, I'll say that again. First of all, start. In your calendar with identifying the things you got to stop doing. That means, fuck it, I'm not doing that anymore. Either you're stopping at cold turkey, it's not even needed in your business, to get rid of it. Or you're stopping doing it yourself because you're delegating it. But stopping is the most critical, easiest place to start. Number two, you got to look at what is it that you want to keep doing and keep doing more of. That means this is super easy. That's the next level of easiness because you're already doing some of these things. You just got to do more of them, right? It's not like it's something new. The last one is, the next level up, which is the start doing. So you starting to do new things, which tends to take a little bit more time. Okay. You follow me? All right. Hopefully this has been very valuable. Okay. I got one more to teach you and we're going to keep that one nice and tight and short and sweet. I just got to get better at erasing things here. Okay. There we go. All right. So next that we look at, so we can check that baby off. How to outsource. Okay. So this one guys is super, super easy. I want to talk about Outsourcing specifically, not to VAs, not the subcontractors. I'm talking about outsourcing to, I didn't put it in here, to suppliers. What do we mean by that? You have got to utilize the shit. You got to, you got to utilize your suppliers to the nth degree. And I'm not talking about abusing them. I'm talking about using them in a beneficial way that's beneficial for you, beneficial for them. I'm going to tell you some of the key things, okay? One is them stocking material. Another one, okay? is them delivering material, okay? Another one is on the training side of things. And this one is a big one here, is best of class pricing. Guys, I'm going to tell you right now, I used to work for one of the largest distributors of electrical products, okay? Uh, Name of the company was Westburn Ruddy. And they were huge, huge in Toronto. And I'm going to tell you right now. There is so many services that the menu, that that the uh, distributor okay has at their fingertips, but they typically will only provide it to the ones that ask, to the to the clients that ask. Okay, you've got to go in there and identify which one of these things would be the biggest thing for you to focus in on with them. I would say number one is get better pricing, okay? How do you get better pricing? We've got a whole series of training. Again, if you want to get more information on this, a whole next level matrix on this. Uh, but one of the things you want to look at, I think there's like nine areas that we look at uh, in order to basically guarantee you're going to get, reduce your your um, amount of, um, of uh, cost, right? That they're going to reduce pricing for you is uh to look at the lifetime value that you've brought to them. So over how many years that you've been in business, how much business have you bought them, and then basically say, man, I plan on being in business at least that or even double. So that you can go in with negotiating power to say, hey, look at, you know, here's here's my here here's what my lifetime value is to you. Now what has this got to do with time? I'll tell you what it does. You're able to leverage that lifetime value. You're able to leverage your value to them to say, hey man, I need you to stock these parts now, what does that do for time for you? It reduces the amount of time that you've got to wait, the amount of time that you gotta source products, okay, especially if you want to bring in specialty products. Get them to deliver material. That saves you a shitload of time. So your guys go in to pick up material. Like, honest God, if you tracked how many times your guys stop off at the suppliers, holy shit. And then and then along the way they've got to grab a coffee as well. No offense to your guys, but that happens a lot, right? Again, if we don't set the framework for the rules of the game, then people are just going to do whatever the fuck they want to do. And we got to stop that. Training. What's that do? Training speeds. Instead of you going and having to figure things out, that saves you time because they bring the training to you. They bring the resources to you. They bring the, you know, the up-to-date new changes and what have you. And that's going to save you time in making errors and making mistakes and being on top of your game. Okay? So, guys, between using the task matrix to delegate, easy. Frickin' five plus hours there. Easy, you should easily be able to say that. Setting expectations with clients, easy five plus hours, okay? Okay, from change orders to wasting your time, them calling you and calling you and just the emails you have to respond to them. You set the right rules of the game and you can reduce that significantly and at the same token, increase your relationship with your clients. You know How to manage your calendar, oh my God guys, like we talked about this, right? The things you got to stop, the things you got to keep, the things you got to start doing, Easy five hours just getting rid of those things that are low-hanging fruits and replacing them with higher-value things. How to outsource to suppliers, to getting them to deliver, getting them to train, getting them the stock material, and best of all, getting them to reduce the pricing <laughs> while they're at it by using lifetime Valley. There's nine other areas. So, guys, easy five, five, five. So we're talking like 25 easy hours. I'm going to sandbag like this and say it's it's near to impossible. If you guys do any of these things, not to get, An easy 10 plus hours a week back, okay? But guess what? It's in your hands. It's in your court. You guys want to get some help on this, man? Just type in like, coach, you know, put in the coach. Help me. Like one of the greatest strengths of a champion CO is raising his hand to say, especially when help is being offered, when my hand is going out to you, right? I don't know, that looks pretty weird. Look look at that hand. like, my hand is going out to you to help you get unstuck raise the hand man get unstuck don't keep on sinking further and further and further and further you know to the point that sadly say some people get themselves so sunken that they can't get unstuck so that's it from this side hope you guys enjoyed that um, type in you know what you what your greatest takeaway was today and i would greatly appreciate that i just want to make sure i'm i'm bringing to you guys um, value. Uh, if I'm not getting a lot of responses on on videos like this, then I'll you know honestly it doesn't make sense. I can put my value my time elsewhere, and that's totally cool. But let me know what you got out of this, and we will see you guys on the flip side. This is the coach over and out with another no bullshit podcast for contractors. And um, again, we're not bringing the bullshit. We're bringing the real thing. These are tactics that are proven, tested, measured that are working for thousands of contractors out there, not just a couple of them, thousands. Use it, apply it, benefit, increase your awareness, and become that champion CEO that you're meant to be. See you later. And for those that are Canadian, I wish you guys a happy Canada Day tomorrow. I'm going to be off. I'm a proud Canadian. Uh, I love Canada. I love. Uh, I'm a first generation Canadian. Both my parents are from Ireland, and I'm super proud to be Canadian and the values that we have. And uh, and for all of you out there that are not Canadian, happy Canada Day, anyways. Uh, if you're lucky enough to be a Canadian, then you're lucky enough. Catch on the foot. Ciao. Hey, Rockstar, I hope that you enjoyed that one. I mean, if you did like this podcast, leave a review, leave a comment. Now, this will help us a lot to keep you bringing the gold, keep help uh, allowing you to delegate, dominate, and deliver so you can take your contracting business to the next level. Now, make sure you subscribe, to get the latest teachings and insights, and we will see you back here for another No Bullshit Podcast. No, seriously, no bullshit.